Ronnie Hall, ladies and gentlemen. We wanted you to have it, and we're delighted that you did. Thank you. Listen, uh, stay with us for just a moment, Steve. I just wanted to jump out here because this is the final split-second show, and on behalf of my partner, Steph Hados, and uh, all of the gang back at the office, we wanted you to know how proud we were of the job that the entire split-second gang did for the entire three years and a bit, and the wonderful job that you did, too, Tom. I thank you, Mike. You brought a... You reflected a lot of class to our organization, and we appreciate it. If you did it just beautifully, thank you so much for the wonderful job. Well, you're more than welcome, sir. I thank you. What a great production company to work for. As beautiful as you well know, we had this fantastic ABC crew to work with. Thank you all, gang. All right, that's it. All of you are fantastic. Thank you. Love you, folks. See you on, uh, see you soon. One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Hi, this is Jim Peck, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that we will play part two of our conversation with eight-time Emmy Award winner Ed Asner later on in this hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Steve Beverly's on the line with us, sharing a few memories of his friend Tom Kennedy. Tom Kennedy, legendary game show icon who passed away this past Wednesday, October 7th at age 93. Uh, the Buzzer Digital Channel will pay tribute to Tom Kennedy with an all-day marathon on Saturday, October 24th. One thing I learned in the day since Tom's passing, Steve, is that Tom had a direct link to a third game show icon, that being Bill Cullen. Yeah, Jack was at one time Bill's brother-in-law. And so they were all very close. It was almost like you had three brothers together. Uh, when Jack was married to his first wife, Mary Lou, Bill was married to Mary Lou's sister. And so Jack and, and Bill were brothers-in-law, and Tom, uh, Jim at the time, but then later Tom, they were very, very close. And uh, even though for many, many years Jack and Tom were out on the West Coast and Bill was in New York until the 80s, they had gatherings where they got together, uh, and there was a huge mutual respect there. And there's an interview on YouTube that has Monty Hall and Tom and Peter Marshall. And they're all asked who they thought was the greatest ever. And they had not pre-asked that question to them. Mm -hmm. And all three of them, without batting an eyelash, said Bill Cullen for different reasons. But it was really, I think, you know, and you, and you look about how the three of them, Bill had a lot more built-in humor because he had a quick wit about him. Mm -hmm. Jack, I always said, was more like the Perry Como 
of game show host because he was so relaxed mm-hmm. and at ease. And Tom, I always felt like, was the guy you wanted invited over to your house for supper because he came across as your good friend mm-hmm. when he was on the air. Uh, there was nothing pretentious about him, yeah. and they each had their unique styles, but there was a lot of similarity, and we're not going to see those kind of people again do these kinds of shows because they all try to go for either stand-up comedians yeah. Or they go for people who are, uh, you know, say would-be reality show hosts or actresses, and and they don't have the same characteristics as these guys. All three of which started in radio. Steve Beverly, we mentioned earlier, uh, was one of the people behind the Game Show Congress, the annual gathering of game show fans and game show personalities that took place in. Uh, the Los Angeles area uh, every year in the early 2000s. I was one of the attendees of the very, very last game show Congress that took place in 2009, Steve. And I have, I, fa- I found my old program from that. And, yeah. and speaking of the connection between Tom, Jack, and Bill Cullen, both Tom and Jack were honored by the game show Congress with their annual Bill Cullen Career Achievement Award. We did. We really felt like that it was, we in examining everything, okay, did you pick one and not the other? And we felt like because of their close relationship to each other and because they meant so much to people who were weaned on game shows that you could not separate one from the other. And so we chose to give them both that award, and they were very pleased about that mm-hmm. because... Um, <laughs> They, you know, they really felt like that it was, you know, it was a day, and and, and I'm going to tell you something that was interesting about that, Ed. That day in 2005, when we gave them both the award, it was like watching an old-fashioned Southern family reunion. Mm -hmm. There had to be about 40 to 45 NARS family members that came for that event that day, and afterward, they were... They were having family pictures made. Uh, it was it, it was really the kind of thing that I remember growing up in South Georgia with my own family, and I think it meant so much to all of the relatives in that family because of what their fathers and uncles had meant to them, uh, and in some cases there were grandchildren that were there. But what it meant to them that their dads and grandfathers and uncles were being honored in that fashion because neither one of them were ever selected for an Emmy. Now, Tom was nominated once in 1967. That was well before, about seven years before the Daytime Emmy Awards started. Mm -hmm. But Tom was nominated for, they, they gave two Emmy categories for daytime shows on the primetime event. And he and Gene Rayburn and Mike Douglas were nominated as Outstanding Daytime Personality. And Tom didn't even know it. Uh, that's one of the great stories. Tom didn't even know he was nominated. Uh, and because the most of the awards, they, they did have pickups from both New York and Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But since that award was given in New York, uh, he didn't find out about it until a month after the award ceremonies, and he got this certificate 
congratulating him on being nominated for an Emmy. And and so uh, he he did not win. Mike Douglas was given the honor. But then in 1982, when he was hosting the final year of Password Plus, mm-hmm. uh, that show won the Emmy for the Outstanding Game Show. And of all things, when Mark Goodson went up to accept the award, he said, and we want to thank very much our host of this show, Bill Cullen. <laughs> and we want everybody to be sure to watch his new show, Child's Play. <laughs> Mark Goodson didn't even credit Tom as being the host. <laughs> that's funny. That's that. That's funny. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Steve Beverly is on the line with us to share a few memories of his friend Tom Kennedy. Steve Beverly, game show historian, television historian, and professor of broadcast journalism at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. Tom Kennedy passed away this past Wednesday, October 7th at age 93. We've mentioned you don't say several times. Now, I know you don't say was the show, and and again, you tell me if I'm wrong, um, you don't say was the show that really put Tom on the map nationally in the 60s. It had a nice long run throughout the 60s. But for me, Steve, I always think of Tom as the host a split second, partially because that's the first show that I saw him on in the early 1970s, you know. Yeah. Um, and because that show was so fast-paced, boom, 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 there was no fat in that show. It was all meat, you know, just just nonstop. And so I always thought of him as like a quote-unquote brainy host because it was just a fast-paced type of show. But looking at his body of work throughout his career, he really could do anything because, I mean, he was just, just as comfortable doing a very fast-paced show uh, as he was doing a, a laid-back celebrity panel type of show he could do anything yeah uh, he, he had such variety and versatility ironically the the show that he felt like he did not do well and it was simply because he just did not feel as comfortable with that show is a show that many people his fans and and a number of the tv writers gave him kudos for doing a good job with the show and that was the nighttime price is right uh he, he told me many, many times, he said, I just never felt comfortable with that show because it was a production show. Yeah. And he said because of all the movement with the prizes and, and the different elements of that show, he just didn't feel like that was the best fit for his talents. Now, had this not been at the era when Wheel and Jeopardy were just – had become juggernauts, invincible, and so many stations were trying. Say, it's the third station in the market. You're trying to put the prices right, nighttime, opposite wheel and Jeopardy, and it didn't work. It was not because of Tom. Yeah. It was just because and, and uh, 20th Television, that was the distributor, had put up 20 million dollars in promotional money, which was almost unheard of. 
and many stations just it, it they they had to pay such a high fee for that show and it just didn't work opposite wheel in jeopardy at night uh in the daytime it was a different story yeah. with when anytime price was opposite wheel but the the bottom line backing up to split second uh as you were talking about that may still be the fastest paced uh question and answer show that we've ever seen yeah and and it was it, it really was for people who that was their first identity of Tom and he used to tell me he said that that was one show that when I finished they did all five in a day mm-hmm. and he said when we finished those five shows I headed home and absolutely cracked <laughs> I'll bet <laughs> he, said, he said the volume of material and the quick pace that you had with that show he said it just took a lot physically mm-hmm. out of you uh, at that point. Uh, you are correct that you don't say was the show that put him on the map. The interesting thing about that situation, it had been tried out. Of course, it was a knockoff on password. Mm-hmm. Instead of one-word clues to convey one word, it was sentence clues to try to convey a famous name, but you left off the last word of the, of the sentence. Mm-hmm. And that was, of course, the word you don't say. Right. And in this case, uh, it had been auditioned, as was the case for many things in the 60s. It had been auditioned as a local show on KTLA in Los Angeles. And of, uh, of all things, who was the host of the local version was Jack Barry, who had been blacklisted from television uh, at the network level at, after the quiz scam. Mm-hmm. But Jack did several local shows in Los Angeles uh, that kept him working, but the networks were not going to use him on a national version of You Don't Say. And so Tom went in to audition for the show and and had really hit a point in his career because he did Dr. IQ in 1958, and from that point on, he didn't actually emcee a national game show uh, until You Don't Say. And so he was not really, he he was beginning to get very discouraged about his career and actually told me at one point that if you don't say had not succeeded, he probably would have gotten out of the business. He said he was even looking seriously at uh, studying for his real estate license. Uh, And when they hit the fourth week, and they got the first numbers in for the first two weeks, and all of a sudden they're seeing a 37 share, and then it got to their opposition was, who do you trust after Johnny Carson had left the show? Uh, Their uh, opposition was, who do you trust with Woody Woodbury? And then it was reruns of The Millionaire on CBS. They got the second rating report, and they were a 47% share, and it was becoming right then the number one daytime show on NBC. And uh, they knew they had a hit on their hands, and for six and a half years it continued that way. If that show had not been a success, who knows, we may not have ever had that long career of Tom Kennedy. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg, and uh, who were you again? I played... Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of The Brady Bunch. 
We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Bros. Steve Beverly is with us to share a few memories of the long career of uh, Tom Kennedy. Steve knew Tom uh, very well over the last 20 years. Tom Kennedy passed away Wednesday, October 7th at age 93. One more thing about Split Second. Split Second, uh, for those who may not know, Split Second was a Stephen Hayes, Monty Hall production. Monty Hall, the host in Let's Make a Deal, also produced many other game shows throughout his career. And... Uh, I know this because I have David Schwartz's book on game shows, but uh, there was a revival of Split Second done in the late 80s, if I remember correctly, and Monty Hall was the host. And even though Monty Hall was a great host and a great mind and a great producer, Split Second, that was Tom Kennedy's show. It was. And, and the reason that Tom did not do that revival version is that he already was doing a full commitment of shows and couldn't do it. Yeah. And also, to keep the cost low, the decision was made to do that revival split second in Canada. And they had made a few alterations in the show. And, and I, I, will, I will agree with you. As great as Marty was, and he's one of the all-time greats, and those reruns are on in the morning on Buzzer now, but the show is not as fast-paced with Marty doing the show. And that was question-and-answer shows were not really his strong suit because we were so accustomed to seeing him doing the free-wheeling, free-dealing yeah. stuff in the audience with the contestants. Or a show like Video Village, which was largely, you know, you're following contestants up and down those three streets, and that was a, a almost a living board game type of show. But, yeah, it, it was the revival of Split Second did not last long. They couldn't get choice time periods on a lot of stations. But I think I, I, it was, you were absolutely right. That was Tom Kennedy's show. And to be candid with you, I frankly think they missed a big opportunity. One of the networks should have gotten Split Second back in the early 2000s whenever we were having the uh, big money shows that were spawned off of Millionaire. Uh, I really think Split Second should have been revived, and you could have made it a very big money show in the process. But I think, I think that show, because it had a faster pace than a lot of those shows that we saw, such as Millionaire and Greed and 21, uh, I think it would have been a brilliant addition in that group uh, during that time. But uh, it, it was really one of those things that if you, if you look at three shows out of all of his body of work, and there were some shows that Tom did that probably stayed on the air maybe three to six months longer than they should have just because he was Tom Kennedy. But I think that if you have three shows that you just have to say they were his shows, where you don't say split-second and name that tune. Steve Beverly is a professor of broadcast journalism at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. He also hosts Steve Beverly's TV Classics, a three-hour weekly TCM-like festival of classic shows from the 50s and 60s. 
that originates uh, from E Plus TV Channel 6 in Jackson, Tennessee, and which streams several times a week at ePlusTV6.com. You can follow Steve Beverly on Facebook and on Twitter at Mr. TV Classic Steve. Sad occasion, but it's always a joy to talk to you. Uh, I'm sorry for the loss of your friend Tom Kennedy, and I look forward to our next conversation. We do, too, and thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk about uh, a great man and a great broadcaster. Attention, this important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. That's 800-965-7987. Story Salon is Los Angeles's longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon Gemstones of narrative. Something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, Tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.